0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com/slash style.
1: Welcome, beautiful mamas. Have I got a treat for you today? Today's interview is with the international best-selling author. Kate Northrup. Her book, Money, A Love Story, totally started my transformation of understanding my money, the story I have around money, and how I can change it. I've interviewed Kate a couple of times now, but the first time I spoke to her, she wasn't yet a mama. But now she is the mother of a beautiful little girl. And of course, as we all know, when motherhood comes along, our relationship with money changes. And that's why I was so excited about interviewing her for the Happy Mama movement. I know you're going to get so much out of this. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor-Kabaz, author, Mama to Three and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted to busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying and realising that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. So Kate, um, I really wanted to speak to you about our relationship with money after we become mothers (laughs) because so many of us have in our earlier life before motherhood had a sense of independence, much of our sense of identity has been tied up in our work and what we do And that massively changed for all of us when the first baby comes along. And even then, when we might go back to work part-time or full-time, it is continuously changing our relationship with money. So I'm wondering if you could start by taking us back to your relationship with money before you became a mother, because you've been through a bit of a journey with that. And then we'll have a look at how that changed once your beautiful daughter arrived.
2: Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I worked on my relationship with money a lot before I had my daughter. Um, and I wrote a lot about it in my book, Money, A Love Story. I kind of chronicled that journey and that, that book came out um, two years before I had uh, my baby. And so, um, you know, for me going into motherhood, I had always really, I became an entrepreneur so that I could create financial freedom before having kids. Um, And, you know, I wanted to be able to be a mother without as much financial pressure as I had witnessed other people experience. Um, And also, I wanted to be a mother and not have to work as much as my parents did while parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Uh, that was that was sort of like why you know my motherhood journey and my financial journey are actually incredibly linked because my whole reason for starting a business was because I wanted to be a mom. Mm.
1: You work a lot with mums um, running businesses now, entrepreneurial mums, and, yeah. and you support them in their journey. And I do think that if I can just summarize, the majority of women I know who have started a business like this have done for the same purpose as you've said. They want to actually be there at school pickup. They don't want to work the long hours. They want the freedom of being able to choose their own hours and still bring in an income. However, there's a very romantic notion out there about what this looks like, isn't there? Don't you think?
2: Yes, totally. (laughs) And I had, you know, I think I had this idea. We have so many ideas before having kids. Like I had this idea that I could sidestep um, the pull between work and motherhood, mm. um, and and I thought that if I could create the financial well being or freedom, so that I had income coming in, whether I was working or not, then I wouldn't have that same tension. And the truth is, um, I I was not able to avoid that. And so I thought that you know creating all this freedom would would make mothering easier. And I'm sure because I've only had my own mothering journey, I'm sure. There are things about it that have made it easier, but, um, but in general, like I don't find parenting easy in any way, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. nor do I find running a business particularly easy. So it's definitely, it's definitely really different than I expected.
1: I'm so glad you said that because I do think we need to be really honest that starting your own business is not the solution for everybody. I think, um, we're sold a bit of a, um, perhaps an an easy journey through social media at times where we're promised that this is the way to have it all. And personally, I see so many mamas staying up all hours and pushing themselves in all different ways to try and make that happen. And I think we need to be really honest about that.
2: Yeah. Well, I completely agree. Um, It is not for everyone, but I will say Also, the way that social media and kind of the hype of business teaches us is that the point is to grow, 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 no matter what, do more, get bigger. Um, You know, there's really this hustle mentality. So I think uh, mothers, in particular, are not, there aren't that many places. At least online, that honor the very unique journey of being a mother and an entrepreneur at the same time. And I think that when you are in that position, you really need to give yourself more space than certainly than I did when I was a single woman running my business. I mean, it was no problem doing 10 million things and staying up all night. And, um, but I just, I see that with, I see mom entrepreneurs trying to operate as though they don't have children almost and, and fit into these standards that are just, it's, it's ridiculous. And also like for what now, obviously you got to put food on the table, you know, pay your rent, pay your mortgage, whatever. So I get that. And some of that is just, you know, you got to work to pay for your kids. Right. Right. But then beyond that, I think there's a lot of extra drama we can create for ourselves by getting whipped up into a froth about keeping up.
1: Mm, Perfect. I totally agree. I think that keeping up is a perfect way to describe it. So for the mummers that are listening, whether they're running their own business, they're back to work or they have decided or chosen not to go back to work just yet, How do we examine our relationship with money when we are now so tied to our partner's income or a different way of viewing money? How do we start to look at what this means to us now?
2: Well, you know, I read a really interesting piece and I can't remember where it was, um, just talking about becoming a parent and how expensive. Oh, it was in um, Cheryl Strayed's book, Tiny Beautiful Things, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend if you haven't read it. Um, and she was in one, it's a, it's a book of advice columns that she posts on the rumpus um, as this character, Sugar. And so one of the advice letters was about this woman who was thinking about becoming a single mother um, in her late thirties. And, you know, Cheryl talked about how expensive children are, which is true. Mm -hmm. And she talked about sort of this feeling of like, okay, well, if you're paying a babysitter, $15 an hour, and then, you know, let's say she, she was a writer when she first, you know, she's been a writer and her husband is also a create an artist. And so they were like working away and, um, paying this babysitter. And, you know, during that time, it's like, oh my God, did I even make $15 this hour to try to pay the babysitter? Did I even make seven fifty? Like, I don't even know. And so I think that we have to, it's a really great opportunity. Having kids is a great opportunity to, to divorce our worth from dollars. <laughs>
1: Excuse me. <laughs> because,
2: That's okay. If we were, if we stay tied to my value is how much I earn in an hour, first of all, I really recommend just stopping connecting your hours for dollars anyway. So, figuring out ways, you know, I talk about that a lot in my book, different ways to earn money that are not trading hours for dollars. But becoming a parent is, it's like so critical because parenting is not valued in our, or like raising children, which I think is the most important job is not valued in our society in a financial way. And so if you look at your day and it's like, well, I changed six diapers and, you know, I did 10 loads of laundry and I read five books and I took, you know, we walked for an hour and then we played on the floor. None of that makes money. Mm -hmm. but it's valuable. And so it's, I think it's such a discipline to disconnect our worth from our income. Um, I think it's really important, particularly if you're a mom who is not back at work, especially if you don't plan to go back to work. Um, you know, if you, if you have a partner who is earning the money, um, because otherwise your self-worth will be eroded. Um, but it doesn't have to be just because society doesn't celebrate child rearing doesn't mean we can't celebrate child rearing as super valuable in our own homes, because that's the only way we change to change society anyway.
1: Mm, beautiful. It's so interesting that you brought this up because just last night I was doing a group call for my online program, um, wrapping it all up. It's a 40-day program. And one of the focuses that we look at is value. And the mamas were saying to me last night, that is the focus out of the six that we work through that they struggled with the most. It was this idea of starting to value themselves and what they do and just who they are in a different way, that they're not just a mum and they're not just a wife and they're not just that person at work, but they value themselves in a totally different way. And it's still what we struggle with as women so much, because as you beautifully said, society doesn't value what we do, but also within ourselves, we are not valuing what we're doing. Don't you think?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, it has to start with us. Mm. You know, women will say, well, I, how, how can I get, you know, my husband to to value what I'm doing more or, you know, my boss or whatever. And, and it always has to start with us because when we value ourselves and hold ourselves in high regard, the world does rearrange around us to reflect that.
1: Mm. So have you got any, I guess, tips of ways that women can start valuing themselves? I mean, I am really always talking about the value of journaling and starting Mm -hmm. to have these conversations with yourself and starting to point out to yourself all that you've done in a day and how important that is. Um, Have you got any insights that you could share with the mamas about how they could start really turning that value around?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important to actually add up what it would cost to pay somebody else to do all the things that you do. Mm. Um, So yes, I am a huge believer in journaling. One of the practices that I give people is to, at the end of the day, write down three things that you value about yourself, specific things and different than yesterday. Um, So to just start to build that muscle of before you go to bed at night, noticing what's valuable about you And then from there, um, actually really adding it up, literally look at what's the going rate in your local community for, you know, the best nanny that you could possibly find 24 hours a day. You know, what would it cost to pay this person 24 hours a day? What would it cost to find a full-time housekeeper, a chauffeur, (laughs) you know, uh, an errands person? And add it all up, and you will be amazed by how much. And a cleaning person, you know, I'm not. I'm being, of course, incredibly stereotypical right now. Mm -hmm. um, But these are a lot of the tasks that fall on, um, you know, that fall on women. Or if you have any men listening who are the primary caregiver to children, because that I, I, it's the very same conversation (laughs) when um, they're no longer the breadwinner in their, you know, their home. And so we really have to add it up. To begin to give ourselves permission to just relax into, oh yeah, I am providing like a tremendous amount of value here
1: mm. I love that because I remember I did that exercise in your book mm-hmm. where I wrote down three things that um, were valued that day that you know had come to me or that i 'd noticed that was of value, and it was it was um, surprisingly uncomfortable after a few days. The first few days was easy, and then it was like okay, so come on, Amy, what are the three things that you noticed today what were the three things that um, came into your world today? And it was a really great exercise. So, Mamas, if you haven't got Kate's book, you can grab it and try. There's, it's a really practical guide to changing your story around money. It was really helpful for me. Mm. Um, one other thing I wanted to get your insights on, Kate, is the conversations around money, um, many of us really struggle to either be really open and honest about where we are with our money or bring it up with our partners or even our boss or whoever it is that we need to talk to, to really sitting down and saying, okay, so where are we with our money Mm -hmm. and really be honest about the place that you're in because I know that was the beginning of your story too was this real Acceptance and ownership of your money story, and that had to be the process for me too. So, explain to us what we can do to start really owning and loving our money story. If that's where you are,
2: yeah. Well, I really believe that it's important to write out the narrative. I call it writing your own money love story. Um, so, writing out the narrative of what you know, what happened, what did you make it mean. And what's happened in your life as a result? And then what's the sort of the opportunity for consciousness now? So what's an alternate perspective? You know, if it's something that you were sort of have colored as a negative experience, what's an alternative perspective? What did you learn from that? You know, that kind of thing. Um, And then it's really important to just get honest about what are the facts? So, you know, who, what is your income? What are your expenses? what do you earn? What do you, um, you know, what do you owe? What kind of debt do you have? And so when you get really clear on that, it's actually incredibly freeing because you suddenly have all this energy freed up that you were previously wasting on you know, being worried and not knowing the truth. And not knowing the truth is incredibly exhausting because it's such an energy leak to wonder what Mm -hmm. it might, what it might be.
1: That's right. And I I think the concept that I've really had to get my head around over the years with this journey is that money is just energy. Mm -hmm. And at first my, my practical ego side said, no, it's not (laughs) because If it was just energy, it would come in a totally different way. It's actually, you know, it's actually really important and it makes all the decisions. And there was this really loud story around what it was. And I've had to really work on this idea that it's just a reflection of the energy that I'm putting into something or I'm receiving. And if I can just change how I feel about it and change the energy around it, it flows differently. Yeah. Is that right?
2: (laughs) Have I got it right? Yeah, I think you're, it's totally right. And it really is, it does feel like, oh, okay, well, I'm supposed to do something different and I need to go, you know, hustle more or make a hundred calls or, you know, do whatever. And those things you do need to do things. It's true, but you'll get a lot more bang for your buck of Action when you get yourself in alignment, and all these miracles and magical things happen when you first get yourself in energetic alignment. So if you're constantly thinking lack, but taking all of these, you know, financial prosperity action steps, you're not going to really get results. And you'll say, "Well, I'm doing all the right things. Why am I not getting any results?" But instead you know, it really needs to be, okay, I'm, I'm focusing on prosperity. I'm believing there's plenty to go around. I'm not talking about lack. I'm not complaining about money and, you know, I'm taking these positive action steps.
1: Mm, Amazing. Okay. So to finish up, I'm going to ask you the three questions I ask all the mamas I speak to, if that's Mm -hmm. okay. So the first one is what has motherhood taught you about yourself?
2: Oh, motherhood has taught me so much, but primarily um, what a control freak I am (laughs) and how much I need to let go. And also about um, patience. I just am such a deeply impatient person and motherhood has really taught me, um, continues to teach me on a moment to moment basis to be more patient.
1: I love that because a lot of women say the beautiful side of it, you know, it's taught me unconditional love and all of that. And I'm sure that's the same. Oh yeah, that's all true. <laughs> yes, but I love that you've pointed out the part of you that you needed to learn because it is yeah. the greatest teacher and without it, that mirror would never have been shown to you. It totally. Yes. So if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before you started this motherhood journey, then what would it be?
2: Mm, it would be that it's not going to be what I think mm. and that that's, you know, that it's, it's better and that it's more than okay. So just to let go mm. of my, of what I, of my expectations of what I thought it was going to be. Mm.
1: And finally then what does being a happy mama mean to you?
2: Mm, um, I think it means uh, letting myself off the hook and, you know, allowing things to be what they are and allowing there to be space for things to go as they're going to go rather than the way I want them to go.
1: Does that come back to the controlling thing that you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So practically how have you been able to do that? Or have you really hung on
2: <laughs> and it's been forced? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the real areas around this was was Penelope's sleep. Um mm-hmm. she's not like a a great sleeper and I hired all these sleep coaches and read, you know, probably 15 different baby sleep books and tried all these different methods. And, um, it was making me and my husband crazy. And Mm -hmm. finally I just let go and just like let her do her thing. And, you know, eventually she started sleeping through the night by herself and I had so much more fun, Mm -hmm. like so much more fun with her, um, when I wasn't trying to control her. So (laughs) That's been a real practical way that I've practiced. Is just uh, it's just—it's such like a great analogy. Who she is?
1: Yeah, it's such a great analogy of parenthood. We <laughs> surely—that's exactly my journey as well, Kate. Surely there's a book out there yeah, that will right. tell me how to fix this.
2: <laughs> there's really not. There really never is. Basically.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a journey between you and your child that you're going to have to yeah. figure out. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely to connect with you again and, Mummers, I highly recommend Kate's book. If you have any thoughts that your story around money in your life or the way that you value yourself and what you do each day needs to be healed a little, it's a great practical way to work through what your story might be and to change it. So thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Happy Mama Movement. To make sure you never miss an insight, please subscribe to this podcast and also pop on over to see the latest issue of the Happy Mama magazine at www.happymama.com.au.